welcome to Recovery Internet Radio broadcast live and direct from Straight Stuff Studios. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us on another exciting episode. Uh, well into almost this will be almost our second year, I think. Uh, I want to say next month. Yeah, next month. That's dos años for yeah. our Espanol speaking listeners. Um, we don't we don't simulcast in, in Spanish, but anyway, uh, just a side note. Thanks for being here with us tonight at Recovery Internet Radio. We've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, I'm going to introduce our host this week and every week, Mr. Rick Atwater. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I have a little cold tonight, so um, I'm gonna maybe along the way I'll do my Barry White imitation. I might just like start singing. I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, um, welcome, you know, everybody out there in uh, Internet Radio Land and, and studio Hi. audience uh, people. Um, tonight our tag is the Traveling Man, and uh, that would be the guy, the guy sitting to my left here, Mark. You thought that up yourself, didn't you? That was pretty good. It just came to you. It just came to you, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, everybody, for joining us tonight, where we are every Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Um, and thanks to Chris for engineering the show and getting the music and yeah. doing all the technical stuff that is required to make this thing fly, because um, uh, I couldn't do it. And I tried, and I screwed it up, so that's why Chris is doing it. <laughs> and our guest tonight, Mark C., um, you can call in if you have any questions at our regular call-in number, which is 323-792-2977. Beep, boop, boop, boop. Yeah, please. Or um, you can tweet us. What was that? That was the phone. That oh. Was like the phone. I'm adding sound effects. Okay, yeah. all, right. all right. Or you can tweet us at Rick Atwater. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We can answer tweets live during the show. So if you have any questions or uh, anything to say, you know, as long as it's in the ballpark here, I'll, I'll read it on the air. Okay, cool. And uh, remember to check out Recovery Internet Radio. That's recoveryinternetradio.com for all our archive shows, recovery resources. And you can also go there to get on our mailing list, which then I'll send you out a, a reminder for the show every week. A fine, a fine reminder. Yeah. Um, we, we, do have, uh, we do have a guest tonight in, in the audience, um, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger joins us occasionally. Arnold, you want to Thank say Thank you quick? very much, Rick. It's nice to be here. <laughs> and we're going to listen to Mark, and he's going to tell us all about himself. It's a great vacation. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Arnold. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, I'm glad you're out of government, but that's, that's another story. Okay, I'll kind of, I'll try, we'll, we'll try to keep it out of politics. So, okay, anyway. <laughs> I told I told Mark that this is actually going to be a roast, but now nah, we're gonna we're gonna actually go with the questions. So I kind of prefer the roast. You prefer the roast? Sure. Yeah, because then we we'd have to do all the talking. There you go. Maybe we can do a little of each. But anyway, um, so in the interest of, uh, of of talking about the the the, the traveling man kind of idea, um, like where did you where did you start? Where were you born? Uh, Southern California. Oh, you were born in California. For some reason, I had Florida in my mind. You ended up in Florida, right? Yes. So where where did you uh, where did you go? Where like how long were you in Southern California? Whereabouts? And I was born in Newport Beach, California, and lived there till I was just about thirteen. And then uh, my father's job transferred to Florida, so me and my brother went with him. My sister stayed in California. She was older and could stay by her on her own. Both my sisters at the time they were still. Uh, 17 and 18, hmm. and they chose to stay, and me and my brother went to Florida. So, so I might as well, you know, kind of light this thing up from the start. Do you think that the, do you think that that move, I mean, age 13 is kind of a, I don't know, it's a pretty, what are you, in eighth grade maybe, or freshman in high school? Uh, eighth grade, I think. Eighth grade? Yeah. It'd probably be a time when a lot of people would say, maybe not so good socially to move somebody. Do you remember that being difficult for you? Not at all. Actually, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. Hmm. Yeah, I just kind of went and, uh, you know, and I was actually excited to do it. I was moving back. <clears throat> My grandparents were from there. I was real close to them at the time. Although hmm. we were a couple hours away in Florida. But, no, it was, for me, it was kind of exciting. I'm going to see a new part of uh, the world at that age. You make friends pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got in, went to school, uh, grades improved dramatically. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
for maybe a year. <laughs> yeah, and then we went. Did you get? Did you have a nickname when you were in? Uh... Sharky. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain that to us? It was when when we grew up in Southern California, we used to go to obviously the beach a lot and surfing a lot, and uh, and that's kind of where the name came from. And it kind of always stuck with me through that and through the military and, and all that. I think my brother kind of came up with that. Why? Well, Nothing exciting. He, like he a shark saw, attack. No, I, I like it. I mean, yeah. I think it's a good name for you. I didn't know that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to make use of that now. But yeah, did that? Why more more in the area like of shark bait or possibly? <laughs> okay. So when you got then you were about 13 or 14 when you got into to Florida when. So let, let's break out the let's break out the the substance abuse uh, talk and ask a little bit about did, did you get started in California or did you not and uh, no I had, uh, my first drunk was in California and, um, and I can't I'm gonna guess and say ten or twelve something like that obviously my sisters were older so my mom and dad would you know take their little vacation to Vegas or something and my sister would have the house parties and you know with get the little brother stoned and all this. So I kind of mm-hmm. did some experimenting back then, uh, and that was definitely my first drunk, but I was nowhere near, you know, I was just kind of testing the waters. Yeah. At that age, there was not, nothing else in there. Yeah, yeah. And then how about when you got to Florida? Did anything change? Um, pretty much the same until probably 16, 17, started hitting, uh, hitting the alcohol more, going, you know, with your buddies and all that stuff. And, Coke kind of entered my life at 17, mm-hmm. and maybe for six months did a lot of that, and then it was the military from there, so that kind of all stopped for a long time. So when you like when you started doing, um, you know, drinking with your buddies and, and, and doing some Coke, did you think that was just like kind of a normal thing? I mean, does that, did, did anything ring any bells for you? or No, it was absolutely normal. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think, you know, it was, it was, we were having fun. That's what we were doing. Right. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a, like it was a regular occurrence, but it was on the weekends and that. You know, the kind of the normal thing to do when you're a teenager, at least, you know, I thought they were normal. And, mm-hmm. Did you know anybody that didn't do coke? Um, I've never thought about that. <laughs> did you Everybody think, that I knew did it. So yeah. It kinda, well, that was more or less the point out. I was I'm making. Sure there yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, everybody you knew was doing it. I didn't have a big host of, um, you know, I was pretty tight with a couple of guys, and we kind of hung together, and that was about it. So mm. I wasn't a big, um, you know, it wasn't the drug scene or the, the sports scene. We just kind of... What scene was it? Uh, we just kind of did our own thing. You know, it was a, we were a pretty good group of three or four guys that were that did okay in school and had a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what what would you say that the people in school? What, uh, how would you be classified? I mean, you know how people classify. No, we were um, no, we were good, funny, uh, funny guys. We were kind of the popular crew in, in school. Certainly, my junior, senior year. Not making, not in trouble. Just. No, no, I can't. Um, well, I never got caught doing anything bad where there was any any trouble. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what was going on in your head at that time? Not a whole lot. <laughs> no, yeah. I, yeah, my life really wasn't that. Ex- you know, I was just kind of doing what I wanted to do, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I learned at a real early age. I suppose now looking back, I was kind of always um, the good kid, mm. the youngest of four. Mm-hmm. So I never um, actually, maybe I, I never got in trouble where you know the law or something was involved or expelled or anything like that. I just kind of knew what I had to do at school to keep uh, mom and dad kind of happy, and and you know that that's where I see now kind of the actor coming in. Mm. You know, I was a completely different. You know, what was really going on and what I was showing was two different things. So let's so talk. Let's talk about that a little bit. What was what was going on and what was showing. I suppose, um, you know, if we look at the, the, the drug abuse or, you know, coke or pot or, or drinking or whatever, uh, I don't, you know, nobody had, I don't believe, any idea um, to this, that some extent that yeah. I was even doing that, right. period. Yeah. You know, I was, um, you know, we were pretty clean, just a pretty clean group of people that I don't know. So you would hide that from your family? Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. First cat's kind of out of the bag. bag. Now you're on the radio, dude. It's been a few years, and we've kind of had those conversations. <laughs> okay, we got. I don't think anybody's All right, so we got it covered. All right, just I just want to you know make sure. So. And yeah. I even I even hit that from my you know I think my brother certainly now would have no extent to how deep I got into some of the stuff. Was your brother? Was your brother a pretty straight guy? No, no, absolutely not. Oh, not. he was he was a kind of a wild man. He, yeah, and he got caught all the time. Oh, he got caught yeah, all the time. And you were doing similar stuff, but you didn't. Yeah, but I you just made some bad choices, real bad choices. Well, okay, so give me give me an example of what a a choice would be that would be bad. Versus your your choices, which were... Same thing. Uh, so my brother's probably 17. We're living in Florida. And he was the guy that, you know, mom and dad would go away. And he'd always have the band. He was in a band. So he'd have the band come over, big house parties. Oh, okay. He had this big bookcase along our living room. And the drummer was set up in front of the bookcase. And they were rocking all night. Well, the drummer was a smoker. So he'd have his cigarettes lined up on the bookcase. The next morning, there's big burn marks on the damn bookcase. And... <laughs> And I, that's a bad choice, right? It's just silly stuff like that. And I look back thinking, man, why would you do that crap? Yeah. You know, why would you, you know, dad would come home and the refrigerator would be kind of over a little bit. And, you know, fingernail polish trying to make the bookcase right. And I kind of didn't fly well. All right. So what would you do? I wouldn't do that. Oh, I know. What I would, would be do? at somebody else's house. Okay, that's what I wanted uh, yeah, to know. I never did that in my you house. Go to, you know, you wouldn't do that. Never. Was it because you didn't want to um, disappoint them or piss them off? Or what was, the, what, what, what was your motive? For? Yeah, I, I, I guess at the time, I didn't think anything about it. But I had the experience of them being pissed off when situations like that. You know, I would see the... So you didn't want to, be, you didn't want uh, to get what he got? No, you didn't want to be there, no. I wasn't a good place to be. So I knew from, and that probably happened from an earlier age, and one of the things that happened in the past where you did not want to be, you didn't want to have pop coming home and, and something be wrong. Why not? It would not be good. You were going to feel it. Uh-huh. So you were going to feel that? Oh, absolutely. Maybe, maybe physically? Oh, most definitely physically. Yeah, yeah. And so that that might have been like a scary situation, but your brother didn't, that wasn't, like you know, he's kind of still the same way today. Mm-hmm. Just uh, that's just kind of the way he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You guys get along? Yes. Yeah. He's got about. Um, he came into the program actually. I think he just had a year in December, so he's kind of got his own thing going on and and uh, you know, trying to live a better life. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. It sounds like a. A couple of family members have seen the light mm-hmm. then, huh? You've been you've been in for what six years? Yeah, coming up on six years. Coming up on six years, yeah. So you were the first one to make the move. Using the program, yeah. My sister, um, my oldest sister, never used the program. Kind of found uh, her higher power through church and religion. They're big into their church and mm-hmm. people out. And she's been a long time. I'm, I'm guessing well into 20, 25 years of of non-drinking. Have non-drinking using type of things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like that that somehow what was was there drinking in your family before you started, or was it just uh... only with the siblings? I mean, my my mother doesn't drink at, at all, and. Um, and my father, as I remember, was was not a big drink. You know, I'd see him tie one on if he was cooking or something. You know, mm-hmm. cold duck. That's what I always remember. Cold duck. Buy a bottle of cold. Isn't duck that that bubbly know. wine? That in a little. Is, but that's what he used to drink. Yeah. So when you came home, and saw the cold duck out. <laughs> you were eating good, or uh, was that? Yeah, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, uh, probably not so bad for me, but probably not so good for my mom. Oh, okay. Because why well, he would it wouldn't be good yeah, later. My dad was not a, and, and I wouldn't call my dad by any means. I don't think he was um, an alcoholic by any means, but he could get um, like most of us get a little bit mouthy and rowdy when he was drinking. Mm-hmm. So he would get a little meaner if he if he had a couple pops. Yeah, yeah. If you um, if you weren't doing what he thought you should be doing, he right. He's gonna let you know. Right. 
Well, that sounds like you 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 really kind of have to walk on eggshells a little bit when you're in that situation. Oh, I mean, the truth in them days, you knew when um, you knew when it was coming, and you knew just to freaking lay low. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you know how to handle it. That's one thing, yeah, and the walking it, I use that analogy a lot, actually, and, and I hate that. You know, I hate being in some situation where I'm uncomfortable and there's fear going on, and I just, I just won't have that anymore, and I try mm-hmm. to remove myself from that. Yeah. Do you think that that, um, that package that you just described um, contributed in any way to your alcoholism? No. It just was, it was a separate deal. You know, I, I believe that I'm alcoholic uh, because I crossed the line. I mm-hmm. love the effect. Mm-hmm. I love everything about it. And I mm-hmm. love getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, we talked a little bit about the hereditary thing. I'm not thinking about that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm alcoholic because I made that choice. And, mm-hmm. and I'm alcoholic and maybe there's a gene and all that, but had nothing to do with my upbringing. I consider myself to be very lucky. I had a great upbringing, a loving family, you know, middle class, didn't kind of hurt for anything. So, no, this is... Um, it's all, it's all you. Man. It's all me. It's Nobody all you. Else. Yeah. 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 You made some choices along the way, but apparently somewhere along the line, you lost the ability to choose. Yes. Yeah. And that was so, a number of years later. Yeah, yeah. So we, So where we left off was like, now, like about high school, and then right after high school, you went in the military, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, what was what what was going through your mind? What what made you make that decision? Um. Yeah. I don't, again, uh, my brother was in the Marines at the time, and uh, you know, I knew I didn't want to go to school right yeah. out of high school and go to school. So I, I kind of did that, and I look back at that and. I was kind of always a pleaser in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, let me, yeah, I can do this, and then, mm-hmm. but I never want to finish anything. Once, mm-hmm. once I kind of decide, okay, I can do this, look at me, went through here, mm-hmm. I'm on to the next thing already. I'm, I'm not impressed anymore. <laughs> You're not impressed? No, and I think I did a lot of things in my, in my life, and certainly my childhood, so you could get kind of the attaboys. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. You know as I said, you know, I was kind of a, a good kid. Yeah. You know, I, I like being a good kid. Yeah, and the comedian. Yeah, well, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I went right out of high school, kind of actually in my junior year. I think I signed up, and then uh, in my senior year in June, I graduated a little bit earlier. Then in June, went went to boot camp. So, so is the military something you figured you could finish, or you'd have to finish? No, it wasn't. um, You know, I've never been a guy, or at least at that age, to think out that far. You know, I could kind of get into tomorrow and that was it. It sounded like a good idea, and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, uh, when my brother came out, and I thought, man, he looks pretty cool. You know, uh, I'm going to go do that. Chicks yeah, dig yeah. it. Yeah, it seemed to work at the time, so. <laughs> okay, so so you went in right after high school. You were 17 or 18? I was just 18, a couple months. Do you have to be 18? Uh, no, you can get your parents. My parents had to sign because yeah. I actually joined when I was 17. Yeah. So your parents have to sign for that. Yeah. But I didn't actually go into boot camp. Although until, I signed. Yeah, until, until you were uh, uh, until you were 18. Yeah, June. Of, yeah. yeah. And how did you feel when you were when you were leaving for boot camp? Um, a little bit of fear, I suppose, because it's kind of but but excited. Mm-hmm. You know, here's another chapter of my life, and I'm gonna you know travel a little bit more and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good deal. Where'd you go? Where? Where? Paris Island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's? I don't even know what state that's in. South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Okay. So that's not all that far from home if you were coming from Florida. No. No. Yeah. yeah it wasn't. It wasn't miles away, but yeah, it was a trip. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so then, where were you signed after you after you finished boot camp? Uh, I went to boot camp for three months, and then uh, to infantry training school in North Carolina for a couple of months, and then from there to England. Mm-hmm. I was in England for about a year and a half, and then from England I came back to the fleet, and you know you do the. the six-month boat floats and all that stuff all around Europe and the Mediterranean and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's part of your, that's part of the traveling man scenario here. Yes. You got to see quite a bit. Yeah, England was um, good. I was on like a barracks duty thing over there, so it was pretty good, and that's right. Uh, what is that? I don't know what that is. Um, at the time, and 
not anymore, but at the time, uh, the U.S. had weapons in, in different countries all over Europe, and they had, uh, at the time, I think we had probably had 100 Marines that would guard these weapons on a, on a rotating shift. So this was good? Yeah, and it was good duty, man. We had some good officers there, and uh, every three or four months, you know, you'd get your platoon, and they'd give you a free week in Spain or skiing in France or all these type of things. So mm-hmm. we had a... Uh, for me at the time, and most of us, you know, you're talking 18, 19 years old, it was a great time. You know, we made good money, mm-hmm. and um, we had a really good time. Yeah. Yeah. How was the partying? It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. We was it frequent? Days. Yeah, on your off days, yeah, the way, and I can't remember exactly, but the way your shifts would work, every third week you'd get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, so we'd go into town and... Um, um, the place where we were stationed at was kind of a summer resort. So during the summertime, there was just a lot of people there, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, a lot of women. And we had a really, really good time. What was your uh, drink of choice during those days? Well, I was always kind of a lot of whiskey back then. I was never a big beer drinker, mm-hmm. actually, at all. I've kind of always been a, a whiskey guy. Why is that? And I don't know. Uh, beer, I suppose, not beer because you just can't kind of drink enough you know yeah. always too bloated whiskey is, is boom and i just i liked it yeah you know i liked it liquor's quicker a lot of bacardi down there i'm trying to think back you yeah know, like a lot of bacardi stuff way back then. no yeah. cold duck no cold duck <laughs> never no cold duck so you were a cocktailer yeah yeah did you ever use that phrase i always ask people that cocktailing i get this no no good I'm and glad. i probably never will no and i will never either i promise you that please because somebody Somebody did that, and I was like, you know, wait, cock, cocktailing is just a r- wrong for a verb for me. So anyway, okay. <laughs> you just don't want to go there. So what, what did, you, did you ever worry about your drinking during that period of time? Or were you just, no. just a party guy and just doing your thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, at that point in my life, it was still, um, we're just having a good time. Yeah. You know, everybody, as I remember, we were all, you know, that's what we did. Did you have any blackouts during that period of time? Um, not that I can remember. We did a lot of stupid things, but um, I can't remember any blackouts. How were the drugs? Didn't do any at all. No. Military. Yeah. Pissed ass camp. Yeah. Okay. And you were and you were good with that because I know that some people. Oh, a lot of guys would, did. Would but find I a way. Never, um, yeah. No. Not yeah. at all. All right. So you were in the military. What four years? Yes. Yeah. And then. After the military, you came out. How, like, what was your mindset when you when you came out? And where did you like? Where did you exit? Where did you come to when you were, you know, coming out? You you, you came out into uh, uh, California or? No, no, no. From England, I came back to uh, North Carolina. I was based at Camp Lejeune. Yeah. And then that's where I actually got out of the Marines. I was out at Camp Lejeune. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years later. So what was that like when you came out? What was your mindset? Oh, well, when I got out, I'd been married. Yeah. And um, you you married while you were in the military. Yes. Yeah, to the to a gal in in, in England. Yeah, but what I, I was in England for eighteen months, came back here, and um, about nine months later, after we did a Mediterranean float, went back to England, got married, and then moved back here. Mm-hmm. Still in the military, transferred back here um, to Camp Lejeune, and that's where we finished it out. Was she still in England? No, she came back. She came back with you? Yeah. Yeah. How did she like it here? Um, not, I would say not very well. Took her a lot of, took her some time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she ever adjusted, to be honest with you. Yeah. When you got out of the military, where did you live first? Left uh, the military, went right back to Florida, right into my mom and dad's. Mm. And, and you were living with her then? started the life. You know, yeah. And got a job and, you know, started yeah. doing that. Yeah. How was your drinking during that time? At at that time, I still, I don't believe I'd still cross the line. I mean, I'd go out and I'd get hammered down, which is, um, which that was kind of always a constant through that. Mm -hmm. You know, but it certainly wasn't every night, you know, I was starting to work in and it's, I think at that point, um, certainly I hadn't crossed the line, wasn't drinking every day and all those things. Yeah. But, you know, now when I look back at that, I realize that. You know, when I drank, I would drink. You were in training? Yeah, yeah. Had, what was your wife's name? Lorraine. Lorraine. Had Lorraine said anything about it? 
No. Not that I recall. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. But. No. Did you have kids? No. What happened, um, I don't know if I'd been out maybe, uh, I can't remember, six months or a year or something like that. And she got pregnant with our first child in Florida. And she wanted to have uh, have the baby in England, which was, you know, I can understand that, being your mm-hmm. first kid and, you know, your mother and all that stuff over yeah. there. So I thought, you know, great, let's move to England. So I sent out... Um, 20 or so resumes and sent her back um, and then got an opportunity and moved to England. Right? But actually, I moved right after my daughter was born. I went over there on some interviews in that time frame where mm-hmm. she was due Yeah. and um, actually got a job. And then she was born. And then I came back to the States and kind of packed up my suitcase and moved in. Do they have any, do they, do they have any problem hiring uh Americans, I mean, it's... And it's much easier than somebody coming the other way. You know, basically all I needed to go over there was a job. Oh, okay. So you could kind of, you know, what you would call a green card over here. Right. Um, very easy to go that way. Coming back this way, it's, it's a different animal. Like they don't have any problem hiring, hiring an American, no. and that's all you need to... Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. And how long, were you, how long did you work for that company? Um, I transferred over there, or not transferred, I got that job and um, worked for them probably six months, and that was near London, mm-hmm. and uh, where where we lived was actually up near Leeds, so mm-hmm. that's a 160-mile difference, so I would travel down, work the week, and then come back up home on the weekends, and then after about six months, I found a job doing similar type business mm-hmm. up near Leeds and took that. And, what was and, the party life like for you then? You were away from you were away from home all week. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was uh, that was that was good. Mhm. Mhm. What do you well, mean? I was good? I was out every night. Every night. That's Although good. She wouldn't know that at the time, but yeah, no, right. I was out every single night. Right. And that's why I learned. You know, I look back now. Um, I kind of, I kind of just did whatever I wanted to do. You know, it was long, kind of like the mom and dad thing. Was, ah, they don't know about it. I'm okay here. So, mm-hmm. no, I. Um, that could be. That could have been the other. That, that could have been the other title for the show. As long as they don't know, I'm okay. <laughs> that's kind of how it was. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I heard, uh, you know, all the way. There's a lot of pain that goes along with that. You know? For you, for others. Oh, for others, most definitely. Yeah. Like what? Like how would you? How would you describe that? Well, I'd say certainly now, you know, there's long distance and time that went from that point in my life, but um, that's where kind of all those things started. Hmm. You know, I would kind of do, um, you know, as long as they don't know about it, that's okay, but I'm living with it. Right. You know, that's what really, and at the time, I didn't realize that because uh, it was fun, and that's, this is what I'm doing, but yeah. now, you know, I have kind of a much different, I don't know if that's just through age or wisdom or, you know, being in the program for a while, it's, it's not a cool thing. No, two lives are pretty are pretty tough to prop up as you've yeah, got to. It's, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of damage, a lot of damage. Well, you got to lie your ass off. Oh yeah, basically, and uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or omit, you know, sins of omission. And I did a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. You have some regrets about that. Well, yeah, look, uh, very much so. Yeah. You know, no, I treated some people. Um, very, very wrong, including my kids, uh, Cindy, mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. Rain. You know, I treated some people very, very poorly. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about this the other day. Yeah. You can't get that time back. No. You know, with my kids and mm-hmm. with, uh, whether it be Cindy or Rain or whoever, you know, that, that time is gone. And, uh, yeah. you know, if those people were like me, it takes me a long time to kind of forgive somebody. Mm. Actually, most of the time I don't. That's kind of where my first thing is. Right. And then it takes a long time. So no, I, I realize that, that I hurt a lot of people and destroyed a lot of lives. And, you know, that still affects me today. I still think about that today. Sure. You know, I can kind of get into that hole. and. Sure. Well, you've done uh, some cleanup work, I know. Yeah. But, you know, as we kind of talked it's it's never enough. You know, in mm. some cases, it kind of never is enough. Yeah. But... You know, you do the best you can. You kind of move on. I also realize, no. you know, you can't stay in that spot. Right? No. No, you're not going to get your halo back. No. If you ever had one. Mm. Okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take a break. 
We're going to do about five minutes. We've got Chris. You're going to intro the song. I am on the music. Will. Yeah, we've got. A either, either you do that, or I'm going to do Barry White. Whichever. Right. What yeah. do you want to do? Anybody? Show of hands. Barry White. Hey. Now let's do Lee Bright. Let's go with Lee Bright. We can hear Barry White on Wednesday. Barry White. Yeah. It's hard to love. I, you know, Sounds I don't more know like Bill Clinton. That's what we're uh, what we're talking about here so far. But you know, hey, we're gonna, we're going to go with it. So thanks for joining us here. Well, we'll be back and uh, we'll be back with you in just a few minutes. Recovery Internet Radio. Welcome back to Recovery Internet Radio. Thanks for being with us here tonight. If you're coming back, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show so far and a little, a little musical break there. Uh, we've had a good show so far this evening. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Recovery Internet Radio. You can find us at recoveryinternetradio.com. Um, tweet us live during the show if you'd like, at Rick Atwater on Twitter. You can follow us there. You can get all that information at the website. Jeez, uh, I think that's about, that's about everything. I think I, you helped me. Um, I think I finally figured out how to get the flyer up on, on my Facebook page, on my, oh. on my feed, my wall. For our, for our Facebook followers, that's, that's, this is big news. Yeah, this is, you know, so 
this gives you a clue about my technical skills. We've but been doing this we, two years, and we figured it out. We, we finally put the figured picture it out. We're getting on there. Facebook. We're getting there. And you know what? I also like to say we have uh, we we we're quickly approaching fifty followers on Twitter right now. So wow, yeah, I it, up from seventeen I, so several been, months ago. So, okay. So thanks for our for our new followers. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. And another interesting statistic before we get started, yeah. we've had. Um, Almost 100,000 um, listens or, uh, I don't know what they call them, page views uh, for, for the show. So people have either knocked on our door or listened to 100,000 of them. Now, that's not, that's not 100,000 people. That's 100,000 listens. But still, I think that's pretty good for two years for a, for a little homegrown yeah. crew yeah. like us. Nicely done. Yeah, that's a pretty good sized meeting, if I do say so myself. Done. We'll be probably double after tonight. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. through the roof. Yeah, when the word gets out that Mark's, Mark's got in the house. hundred thousand and one. There you yeah, go. I guarantee you that. <laughs> so okay, so let's kind of um, pick up where uh, where more or less where we left off because, um, I mean, I know we jumped ahead and we were talking a little bit about some of the damage and some of the regrets and. I guess I want to back it up a little bit and talk about when did, you know, when did we cross the line? So when do you think things did start getting out of hand and what happened? Yeah, I would think um, sometime in probably my mid to late 20s <clears throat> where I started drinking, uh, you know, every day. And actually it started coming back from work. You know, I don't know what happened. Uh, I was working in Leeds, so I had about a half an hour drive back to where we lived. Um, in England still. And I went to, on the way home, and then oh, I'll get a tall boy. Mm. You know, so I had a beer on the way home. And then after, you know, a couple of weeks, I figured out I could drink two tall boys, and that would last me just till I got home. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point on, you know, that kind of changed me, my behavior. You know, you've had a couple, you walk in the house, you've got two young kids around, and, you know, here's dinner. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then... And then so from that point, it was kind of, it was started being everyday occurrence. And it oh. wasn't as far after that where it was that on the way home, and then, you know, I'm nipping on the scotch at home. How do the Brits feel about drinking and driving? Um, it, even at the time, very much more, I would say, stringent than over here. Oh, really? Yeah, at the time, it was a, it was a big deal. So how are you managing two tall boys on the way home? I don't know. That's don't a 16-ounce can, so that's about that tall. That's a hard can to crotch. I don't know. Just, just didn't. You just did it. Yeah, I just did it. And you never got caught. Not in England, no. Oh. Yeah. You, Over did, here, you yeah. did get caught here. Yes. With a tall boy. No, I um, I had a, a pretty bad accident. Oh. And couldn't get away. Got caught about a block from my apartment on foot and. Oh, you tried to make a break. Yeah. 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 Uh oh. Then you probably got. Did you get fleeing and eluding too? Yeah, they charged me with that, and um, that didn't stick. Basically, it was um, I didn't. I came back here. I'd been here for probably about a year, and that's kind of where me and Cindy got going. Actually, oh okay. And when that happened, obviously lost my license. We worked at the same company. Um, Cindy was in a <clears throat> in an executive assistant, and I was one of her guys that she kind of supported. So. Mm-hmm. She had, uh, my boss told her to pick me up from my apartment, take me to work, and bring me home. Oh, so okay. A couple weeks after that, we're having dinner. I see. Okay. That's kind of how that went. Uh-huh. So, did, so from the time, so, how, well, how old are you now? 48. All right, so, late 20s was mm-hmm. the time where we started doing the thing on the way right. home from work kind of stuff. So we got twenty. We got twenty years between then and now, and you're recovering six. So let's let's just give it like almost twenty five years of some fairly serious uh, activities. That uh, sound yeah, right? Yeah, in total, uh, somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, I'm just doing the math. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere about like that. See, I do, I, I do alcohol assessments for a living, so I'm like always thinking about them. I'm always running the numbers, Mark. I'm always looking for the angles. Okay. Okay. How many did he have? Okay. Seven, eight, 30, 32 ounces. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What shape were you in after 32 ounces? Ah, fine. I I would have thought. <laughs> you doing all right? Uh, yeah. I think. Um, 
I don't know. There's something with me uh, at the time. You know, you'd be coming home, a day at work, you know, cold beer, cigarette, and, and I don't know. It's just uh, I did that for several years. It just felt natural to you. I mean, that's your theme song. It just felt completely natural yeah, to you. It didn't even... It's, didn't what, even, it's what I did. Yeah. It's yeah. just what you did. But you do recognize, apparently, that it, it, you know, I mean, it rang the bell so that, like, when you came home, you were in a different mindset. And then, well, yeah, and that came from feedback. Okay. You know, it didn't come from me. Oh, okay. You know, that came from feedback of... Uh, from the ring? You know, yeah. What's, you know, what's going on with you, you know? So that started a little bit of this. and Sure. You know, it... Um, you didn't, didn't go well from there. How did you How did you respond to that question? Um, kind of how I respond to everything. That's not true. I'm right. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. So if she said, you smell like alcohol, what would you tell her? Oh, she knew that I had two beers on the way. Oh, okay. Night. So you would... No, I drank constantly. and hmm. um, It didn't matter if we were going to the market. You know, I was going to have uh, something with me going to the market. Hmm. And my daughter tells a story thinking that was natural. Oh. You know, you drive, you have a beer or a cocktail or whatever you're right. drinking. Yeah. yeah, like I wonder if they'd still, like in Texas, they measure distances by beer, you know. It's like yeah. at the six-beer drive, at the two-beer drive, <laughs> you know. Cowboy will get you across town. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cowboy will get you across town. That's about right. It's not two tall boys. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two tall boys get you the leads. <laughs> you did me? <laughs> But you're still, like, you're still living, you're still, you know, defending, it's still normal to you. It, Rick, at the time, it was, um, yeah, I had a, a real, I was doing well, I yeah. thought. Career-wise, was going well, you know, I had a little house, I had two kids, everything was in my life was actually going real well. Yeah. I was working hard, I was making good money, and, right. hey, this is what I do, you got a problem with it, you know, sorry about that. That's right. kind of how. Work hard, play hard kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it, how, you mentioned to me, we were talking about, you, 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 you met a guy who liked to go to these races. Yeah, I met a guy, um, his name was Darren Bucock, and he was from Australia. Mm-hmm. His dad, I don't know if you're familiar with Speedway, and I'm talking about Speedway, they run in Southern California a lot, so you got a motorcycle with no brakes, and they're going out in a circle. And, mm-hmm. Anyway, I met him, and I used to go to that when I went to California on Friday nights, we go to watch the Speedway guys. And anyway, I met Darren in England. He was selling solvents, and I was an ink guy. Mm-hmm. So, and he started talking about Speedway, and I'd been to one in, you know, I don't know, 20 years, whatever, whatever the time was, I don't know. So he invited me over uh, to Sheffield to go to one. Mm-hmm. And I went that night, and, and I could tell immediately, this guy's snorting. Mm-hmm. And I could just see it. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, this is, you know, great. And I hadn't touched that for know quite a few years and that started a whole nother session of um you know that the whole coke side came in real real heavy in england for a number of years mm-hmm. along with the drink yeah well you can drink more when you're when you're yeah, yeah. you know doing blow right unstoppable <laughs> unstoppable mm-hmm. was did he know your nickname was sharky um i don't know you never you know, told him? I, I don't, you I don't, you don't, we don't let that out except for, like... Uh, no, nah, you know. probably died. Yeah, okay. So you, were, so you were doing, uh, so you were going to these Speedway things all over with it. Was he single? No, he's married too. Yeah. 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 What, what would you, and so you were, tra- you were like, you and he were doing some traveling together to, to go to yeah, these races? Yeah, we would go, um, well, they have numerous events in England, you know, throughout the summertime. And then yeah. they have a whole kind of Grand Prix series, kind of like Formula One. Yeah. They have a Grand Prix in, you know, Poland, one in Germany. And we would go for the weekend, me and him, and, you know, get on a plane and go over there, the train or whatever, and hit Germany and Poland and get effed up, basically. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, for the weekend? Yes. Yeah. Grand Prix is usually Saturday night, so we would leave Friday after work and mm-hmm. do whatever. Catch either be a plane or a train over there or something like that. Any, any, and you're doing more blown out too, right? Yeah, obviously not across the, out of the country, but. You have to be careful about that? Well, absolutely. You have to buy it in the country that you're in and then do it there and not be yeah, carrying yeah, it back never, and forth? Uh, yeah, I never transport it. Yeah. Well, you I know you're a, you're a smart guy. You don't get caught <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. So and and during that time, still any inkling that that things are are you still doing real well financially and work wise and yes. yeah. No, um, 
no consequences. I, I knew at some point, you know, before, you know, that was one of the things coming back over here. I knew that the, the blow was going to be an issue. Yeah. It was different when I was 18 doing it. I didn't have an issue coming off it. Oh. You know, when you're, when you're 30 doing it, and my, my experience was much more of an issue coming off. It was more, more, more. Yeah. So it was, it was a different animal. When you came back, so you came back, did Lorraine come with you? No. Did you guys get a divorce then or just? Basically. Went your separate no, ways? No, the divorce kept, a, you know, that took a couple of years. Yeah. You know, I basically, you know, made another decision. You know, screw it, I'm going back to the States. And I transferred with that same company back over here to Chicago. What made you make that out. decision? Um. Yeah, I'd been in England for 10 years, and the company, there was a couple of guys over here who were kind of courting me over the, the last couple of years to come back to the States and, and work over here. And, uh, you know, we had talked about it, and she didn't want to. <clears throat> and that's where you know, I was like, well, this is what we're doing. Right. And, and that's kind of, we kind of parted ways right there. So that that's kind of an example still of you kind of this is what this is what i want to do so i'm going to do it absolutely and those were the things that were you know i understand her point i understand all the points at the end of the day it was handled very poorly yeah you know and that was a lot of damage there to my kids at the time were 10 and 7 right you know so i basically left looking back at it is it i mean do do you get it that the way you were thinking was like alcoholics think oh absolutely yeah. Well, that's the selfishness right there. This is what I'm doing. If you're not coming, see you. But it was right. your fault. Right. You know, it was, it was your fault that, uh, you know, how can you tell me what to do for a job? You know, all this crap that goes through your head. Right. You know. Um, so and yeah, where's but, your gratitude for all that I've done for you? Yeah. Uh, can't you see what you live and all this <laughs> bunch of crap? Right. Bunch well, of crap. at the time, I didn't see that at all. At the time, right. I was right. And, um, you know, I was a great father because I'm paying some child support. Uh, that's kind of how that went. Yeah. Yeah. And so you came back here. The divorce took a couple of years. Yeah, divorce took uh, a year and a half, a couple of years, something like that. So where where did that where did the DUI, the car crash, come in? How soon after you got back here? Um, just over a year. I think it was uh, May of two thousand one. So uh, thirteen months. Where were you at that time? I was uh, living in Bensonville. Oh, okay. You were here in in, uh, in uh, Illinois. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then what what happened as a result of that? Did you got you got convicted of it? You got an, or did they did they get did you get reckless? Uh, basically, um, had the accident, paid the attorney, um, but it, it wasn't. After, if I kept my nose clean for a year after that, there's no conviction on my record. Right. You just, uh, yeah, it says reckless driving, but you yeah, I don't on know. the abstract. I've never looked to be honest. That's what the yeah. judge told me at the time, and right. I said, uh, said okay. All right. Well, that's another thing I do. So if I can get your driving abstract, I'll know. But let me know tomorrow. I will. It'll it'll say DUI charge on there. Okay. It just won't say conviction. But um, so, how did that affect you? Um. Have you yet had the no. thought that I might be in trouble with this, with the way I'm living? No. No, I mean, obviously, I knew that it wasn't, you know, I shouldn't be drinking and driving and all those yeah. things. But I still, at, the, at that time, never thought, well, I got a problem. Because at the time, I liked to drink, I wanted to drink, and that's what I did. Right. I, I never thought about stopping. I, right. I, just, I just did it. Right. You know, and I went through the DUI courses and, you know. What did you think stuff. of that? What did you think of what they told you there? I mean, uh, they don't, they're not, I mean, usually they talk about the disease and. Yeah, they did, they, they did a little bit of that and. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I kind of did. I did do my 20 hours, did my 20 hours, and I didn't really think a lot about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, the fact that you got 20 hours tells me what what you must have told them. Oh, I told them I didn't drink a lot. They called my brother, and he confirmed, and I was good. Right, because he drank I, more than you, for heaven's sake. So. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So you're still skating. Yes. Yeah. So when did you when did it when did when did it the the light finally come on? What were the set where, what were the circumstances where you went? Oh shit! I suppose um, maybe two thousand five, two thousand six. 
you know, for those last couple of years, I knew that something, you know, wasn't right. And what was it that wasn't right? And, you know, at that point, I was um, drinking every day. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to work. You know, I had the sales job. I could work from home. And mm -hmm. I played that card for a number of years, probably four or five years. Mm -hmm. But I just knew that, uh, I, you know, obviously, you know, at that point, me and Cindy are married now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm starting to get some feedback from that. Yeah. And now well, that wasn't positive. <clears throat> so that's, you know, and I just... Well, give I me just an, knew something. Give me an example of the feedback that you were getting. What are you doing? Hmm. You know, that type of thing. You know, knowing that, you know, you know I played a game. You know, and I'd get up for, you know, I was always kind of an early riser, so I'd get up at 6.30 and, uh, you know, lie, oh, yeah, I'm going to work, or I'm going here, and then she'd take off, and I'd start pouring cocktails. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, you used that word. Yeah. Okay. Whiskey. Not a cocktail. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Not a verb. Not a verb. Okay. So, uh, but, you yeah. know, you know, then you, you start having, you know, all those type of things. You know, you start right. hiding it. You're hiding it from you're her. You're getting caught. You know what right. I mean? You're getting caught, and I'd lie right to your damn face. Well, that's not mine. Right. You know, but Mark, it's in the trunk of your car, but that's not mine. Right. Yeah. So, you know, things started. Yeah. Things started not going well from uh, probably those last couple of years, and, um, and I think it was uh, 2007, she left, mm -hmm. you know, gone. And uh, that's kind of where, okay, you know, at first it was like, great. Mm -hmm. You know, now I can drink alone. You know, I still the attitude, wait a minute, I still got a job and all this crap. And, you know, after uh, only a couple of weeks, then all of a sudden it's not so great. Yeah. You know, everybody's gone now. Right. Um, you're basically alone with the, with the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that was the turning point, more or less. Yeah, for around you. that period, it had been coming yeah. for a while. You know, yeah. it had been coming for a while. But I still drank. Uh, you know, it took probably another eight months. Mm -hmm. You know, with us apart. Mm -hmm. and, you know, the divorce had already kind of started, and that was a bad situation. And uh, and probably about halfway through, I I decided, you know, I, I actually I woke up one morning and said, I can't do this no more. I just can't do it. Can't pick up today. And called the uh, you know eight hundred number and mm -hmm. that's kind of where I started. It was Sunday and called the number and uh, they gave me a meeting to the house and um, I drank a little bit that day and showed up at the house and and said, "Tell me not to drink tonight." Mm -hmm. And that was my start right there. Yeah. And have you been sober since then? Yes. Yeah. 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 You're not. You weren't. You weren't that easy to convince, were you? You know, I don't know. Looking back, I don't know. You, you come to a place where, in my case, you know, those last couple of years, even like, you know, you, you don't want to live anymore. Hmm. You know, and that, that's kind of where I went through all this. You know, I don't know if it's depression or what. I never really dug into that hole deep still today, and you know, I don't know if I'm ever gonna. But you know, I came to a a real bad place. Right. And just knew that I just can't do this anymore. Yeah, I think that they, they call that the turning point. Yeah. Well, you know, for me it was. And yeah. From this, you know, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. You know, I thank God for that I didn't want to do it anymore. You know, that I had that thought. And all I needed was a help and point in the right direction. That you knew what to do. Did you think, look, I mean, did you, like, have the idea that, that maybe you were just crazy or depressed or something or... Or did you know that it was the, the booze? No, I most definitely knew it was the booze. Cause yeah. For me, it was all day long. And I had my routine. My routine right. was, you know, 7 o'clock. You know, for several years, 7 o'clock, she'd leave for work. You know, I'd drink uh, three, four pretty good drinks. You know, play with the dog out in the backyard, watch the Waltons, take a nap at 11, get up at 1. <laughs> that, was, that was my whole life, you know. I watched the Waltons every day. You know, I'd take a nap on the couch with the dog. I'd wake up at 1 and then start thinking, okay, i got to play this game. So, you know, let me, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll fix I'll get dinner going. And hmm. I did that for a long time. Right. So look at me, look at me. I didn't go to work, but I made dinner. Right. You know, and then, uh, you know, then I'd drink all night and do it all again the next day. Yeah. So there wasn't any 
secret then by that time that what what the problem well, was? No, she, you know, I may have thought at the time, and I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that. Maybe I thought I was hiding it, but it, you just can't. You know, Cindy would tell you now. Right. Yeah, well, that wasn't working out. Yeah, no, that wasn't working out. So let's talk just for a couple of minutes about your, like, the re- recovery. So you came in, you know, you had a pretty good idea that you, you'd done all you could do. You couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you went to your first meeting, recovery meeting. And what's it been like? Um, for me, it's, it's uh you know, I'm living, I'm living a life now in, in a world and not in my head. Mm. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but my whole world was, was in here. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I have, I have a wonderful life now. Mm. You know, good and bad and all the other things. I, I don't, you know, life's pretty, pretty good. It's been wonderful. What would you, uh, what would you tell new guy, a new guy, a guy who's, who's got the shoe, you know, got your shoes on, who's, you know, wondering if he should or if he shouldn't and, you know, thinking that he drinks too much, maybe a nice guy who drinks a little too much, knows, you know, maybe he's flirting with, uh, flirting with the recovery. What would you say to him? Yeah, it just doesn't get any better. And that's kind of been my experience here. You know what, if you're kind of thinking that and a couple of things have already happened, although it's never, I've never gave anybody that advice mm-hmm. and had them kind of take it. <laughs> you know, I think, um, what would you have said if somebody gave you that advice? Uh, somebody did. Yeah. You know, eight months before I made that meeting, I yeah. went to another one and uh, had a couple of drinks on the way home thinking about what those guys said. Yeah. So I wasn't ready. I, what, I did they, believe, what did they say? They said it won't get any better? Yeah, I went to a, basically, yeah. And they said, you know, don't, just don't drink tonight. Mm-hmm. I, uh, what do they mean by that? I drove all the way to Geneva for you to tell me that. <laughs> what do they mean by that? What, I had no idea what they meant by that. But know, thinking, knowing what you know now, what do they mean by that? Well, now I know exactly what they mean. You know what? Just just get through the next, whether it be 15 minutes or an hour or, or the night, you know, deal with it type of thing. Right. You know, I, my mindset was, and the reason why they said that was, I, all I was thinking about, man, I'm, I'm how old. I wasn't a diaphoretic. I can never drink again. And I'm thinking 10 years out. Right. And that's where the guy said, well, oh, 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 just don't drink tonight. Yeah. But if you can't see at that time that life is going to be any better, maybe you can, maybe you can see that it, at least it won't get any worse if you don't drink. Yeah, and I don't think when, when, when I came in, I don't think I was, you know, kind of projecting out saying that this is going to make my life better. Right. You know, I just, I just didn't want to suffer. It's it, you know, that's suffering, right? It's painful. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. I remember that pain and that fear of, of that day. You were living, yeah, you were living uh, a lie. You were living lies for years. I, I remember that very distinctly. And I right. Just, you know, I don't want to go back to that. Right. That's, that's the insanity. Yeah. That for me, and that's what I remember very clearly. I don't want to go back to that. Yeah, I think some people misinterpret that word insanity as as it applies to alcoholism, but that's what it means. Mm-hmm. That's the insanity. Right. To continue to do that stuff and just go down the tubes. Sure. Yeah. So so you would tell you would tell the new guy just don't drink tonight. Well, you know, I probably I may say that, but I I don't know. everybody's got kind of their own story and there's some similarities and all that type of thing, but you know, it never gets any better, right? And I don't really think it matters what you tell the new guy. Mm. I think it kind of matters what he sees. Mm-hmm. You know, because I wasn't listening mm. when I came here. I was kind of viewing, you know, what went on. But, you know, I think example is, is so much more important than, than words that are going to come out of my mouth. Sure. Sure. And what? And maybe And maybe something, when you tell your story, like you have tonight, when you tell your you speak your truth, whatever that is, people are going to take away from that what they take. Absolutely. And somebody, somebody may listen tonight and hear something that they relate to. They may relate to the travel or they may re- relate to the lies or the divorce or the thinking that because you have a good job, you're, you're above okay. it all or the blow or who knows what. Mm-hmm. And they'll take away something that they can use. I hope so. I do too. I do too. 
Well, uh, I, I appreciate you coming tonight. I appreciate you telling your story and, and giving us your truth. And uh, that's what we're here for. Nice. You know? So thank you, Mark C. And uh, thanks to our listeners out there, wherever you are in Internet Radio land. I think it's the second time I said that tonight. Isn't it? Yeah, well, you know, you can never say it enough. No. And uh, our studio audience for making this uh, successful little underground support source. Thank you for coming tonight. We appreciate it. We'll email out our reminders next week, and we'll see what we can do about Go, go on the website and, and yeah. sign up and, and see if we can do that and make sure it works. Um, so, and also remember to check uh, recoveryinternetradio.com for uh, all of our archive shows. You can hear any of our shows at any time by going to the website. Is that right, Chris? That is correct. Get it all. So, and remember, too, that we want to hear from you uh, so that we know where you are because, because we're an internet radio show. We have no freaking idea where you guys are, so you've got to let us know by uh, <laughs> signing on. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. You yeah. can find us at, like, like Rick said, recoveryinternetradio.com or uh, get a hold of us on Twitter at Rick Atwater. Thanks for listening. Yep, and as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you at 7 p.m. next Sunday night. Thanks for coming. <laughs>